Blog Talk Radio. Carson Eden's Plaza invites you to our 12-day holiday open house, now through Sunday, December 17th. Enjoy 12 days of holiday fun just for you, with daily prize drawings, free makeup lessons, product demonstrations, and more. Plus, with more of the brands you love, our unique in-store boutiques, and extra sales associates on hand to help, you're sure to find the perfect gift for everyone on your list. Now let's shop. Carson's better brands, bigger savings. No purchase necessary. Some restrictions apply. See store for complete details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we're here tonight for Powerful Radio on Relationship Wednesdays. And we're excited to be with you guys. The year is wrapping up. And um, we have been doing a lot of great things and talking about all the things that we're going to be doing for the new year. But there's some current events that have come up that we really feel like we need to discuss on Relationship Wednesdays because it affects so many people, and it affects uh, people that we've seen in the media, and also it's affected folks that are close to us. But first, let me give you a little bit of background. Um, I run a thriving private practice in uh, the state of Illinois. We've got locations in Chicago, in the heart of downtown Chicago. We've got locations in Naperville. We are online, and we're also doing digital and portal therapy. Um, and so we do everything from individual therapy to uh, group therapy to public speaking to trainings. There's lots of things that we do to give you the full experience of mental stability. Yeah, and I'm Darren Noel. My background is in corporate America. Here in the Wellness Associates, I focus on really career counseling, mock interviews, and executive coaching. All right. So for tonight's show, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can dial us in on 323 323- Six nine three three eight three five. Let me give you that telephone number again. Three two three six nine three three eight three five. But if you hear us talking about some things that you feel like, hey, I I don't want to ask my question on the radio, but it's kind of deeper for me, and I want to talk about it on an ongoing basis, then give a, give us a call at our office. Um, 630-428-2344 and set up an appointment to see one of our 10 clinicians or um, any one of our service or staff members that can help you deal with whatever concerns that you're having. So one of the things that we really wanted to talk about today, remember we have a 30-minute show, so at, a, at about the 25-minute uh, mark, we will stop taking any email or um, telephone questions just to kind of let you guys know that. But we wanted to talk about sexual harassment and what that means in, in today's environment. I'm sure so many of you have been aware of the news as we watch many of our media moguls, the people that we consider to be, I'm putting up my fingers for quotes, heroes, have accusations brought against them from anywhere from sexual misconduct all the way to sexual assault. And I want to be very clear that these are allegations. We don't have any personal knowledge of what people did, although there's a few people on the list that we're going to go over that have said, hey, um, I did do these things, but not like they're being reported. Or, I mean, people are kind of coming out, kind of giving their side of the story. But we really wanted to talk about kind of what's been going on in the media. Darren, could you take a second to go down the list of people that um, since the situation with Harvey Weinstein has, Weinstein has come out, just a list of names of, of people that, I mean, most most recently has been Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose, Dustin Hoffman. Um, obviously, Harvey Weinstein was the first one to come out there, okay? Uh, Matt Lauer, 
more recently as well. And uh, some of these folks have been terminated from employment, uh, lost contracts, things of that nature. Uh, Russell Simmons has been also accused as well. Um, Al Franken, uh, Senator, has been accused as well. So it goes down with so many, many individuals. I think probably over 10 people in high-profile positions have been accused of some type of sexual uh, harassment probably in the last two months. And this we haven't really seen this type of uh, – coming out, of people coming out making these accusations as a whole, these high-profile folks, really in the history. This is really unprecedented. Well, I'm not going to say we haven't seen it in history, but, but of course, in recent history, I feel like one of the things that have, has helped this come out is the fact that people have a lot of support with social media, mm-hmm. and people are, all, are available to voice or able to voice their opinions. So first I want to start there. I have had so many of my clients come in and say, Dr. Noel, you know, why now? Why are people coming out now and talking about the things that happened to them? And um, do you have your list ready there? Yeah. So let's go through this. Let's go through this. So this is just some of the names of folks who have been accused. Okay. Uh, James Levine, uh, Matt Lauer, Charlie Rose, Lynn Thrush, okay, Russell Simmons, Jeffrey Tambor, uh, Senator Al Franken, uh, Matt Zimmerman. Andrew Kreisberg, uh, Ray, uh, Roy Moore, uh, Louis C.K., uh, Steven Seagal, okay, Ed Westwick, uh, Brett Ratner, Dustin Hoffman, Jeremy Piven, uh, Kevin Spacey, okay. So a lot of these folks are somewhat household names, okay, that we've heard about, uh, been in the media, been in public life. Um, they held in high esteem, a lot of them. So a lot of questions that come about about these different charges and allegations against them. They kind of figure out what's going on, who are these folks, and really what's going on in our culture in today's environment. Okay, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are coming to me, coming to me saying, Dr. Noel, and I'm sure you guys have heard this question, why now? Why such an onslaught of so many people at this point in time? Why is it that people didn't say something five years ago, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, like for however far back some of the allegations go. And first let me say that many times people that have been sexually harassed or um, hurt in that intimate of a way don't feel like they have a voice to say something. Let me also say let's not assume that just because you haven't heard it in the news that, that some of these people have not said something before today. Yes. Because some of the, the allegations are going, the people are saying, listen, I did say something, and they were released from their job because of it. Or they went to say something, and people said, hey, you know, you'll be okay. You weren't hurt. It wasn't full-on rape. You know, you can make it through. But I think now, with numbers, people have a chance to kind of come out and not feel alone and not feel so isolated in their you know, in their experience, right? Yes. And for some of these people, I think every once in there's like 80 people. Yes, a number of these uh, individuals we named have multiple accusers, you know, 12, I mean, Harvey had over 80, 9, 5. So there's a number of accusers, and they are coming out in support of one another, yes. One person steps up and tells their story. Someone else says, you know what, I'm, I can validate their story because it happened to me also, okay? And they're feeling that empowerment, able to share their story now. I think also social media is having an effect of that. They have the ability to communicate to the, the masses worldwide through a Twitter account or another social media and, and kind of get their story without 
going through another media form, they can directly tell, hey, here's what happened to me. So they have that direct uh, portal now, which there was, was not around before. Absolutely. And in addition to that, we're in a climate where people are actually willing to hear it. I mean, I think it's, it's really hard to express how difficult it is for survivors of these types of experiences to actually be heard. People a lot of times don't want to hear it. People a lot of times feel like, listen, why are you making such a big stink about it? In addition to that, people often blame the person that experienced the yes. this event and say, well, why did you let it happen? Especially in the case of men. There are several men. I know we've heard of Terry Crews who was saying that, listen, he was at a party. Somebody walked right up to him and grabbed him in his personal parts. Yes. And he felt like, wait a minute, you know, what's going on here? And he felt like, hey, I really like acting in what I do, but I shouldn't be treated this way. And then if he speaks up, you know, a lot of people feel like when men speak up in that case, well, you, hey, wait, you're a big guy. You're a big guy, former uh, athlete, uh, you know, very muscular. How can you let this happen to you? So how can somebody uh, sexually harass you? Correct. And so I think what we also have to talk about is sexual harassment is about not necessarily all the time physical power, but about the power dynamic and structure when someone has the control over, let's say, a career or a movie part. And let's bring it closer to home. Maybe maybe you guys aren't starting blockbuster movies, but let's say a supervisor is sexually inappropriate with you, but he is going to determine if you get a promotion. Do you tell or do you not tell? You have a great point. Most of the accusations going on now are from a type of work environment. Right? These are people mm-hmm. they know. Uh, either there's a direct manager, the, pro- the producer for a movie or a television show that they're involved in, or they're a, a clerk in, in, in a political office where they're working. So in some form of fashion, these, they're saying these people who had some kind of career um, authority over them. Like decision-making like decision or influence. Influencing. Mm-hmm. They may not be the direct manager, but guess what? You know, they're friends with that manager. They can influence their career in some form or fashion. Or maybe they feel like that person can influence yes. their career, too. Yeah, I mean, I think that's another thing to think about. Some of this happened for people very young in their career where they felt like, wait a minute, if I say something now, what's going to happen? And then there's other people like Ashley Judd who said, hey, she didn't say anything in the beginning, but now she's really glad that she said something right now, like when she did talk because she feels like it was able to empower other people. So I think I do want us to be careful that we're not blaming survivors for telling their stories and also understanding that sometimes you have to grow and mature to reprocess a situation to know what it really was, right? No, that's a great point because sometimes at, at 20 years old, you you do things one way, but you know what? You reflect it again at, at 40. You're like, Wait a minute. Here's what really happened, right? You you gain some more maturity. You understand things more. You see things differently in life. You have to process that information more. Like, Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Here's what really happened to me. I couldn't process it back then. See, I think also people need their income. Most people don't go to work because they like their coworkers and I just want to kick it with you for eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. People need their income. And even stars, let me say this, even people that you feel like, oh, he's got so much money, he doesn't need that. You know, even a millionaire needs to make more millions, yes. right? So no one wants their career to come to a crash um, because of something that they feel like, you know, was out of their control. Right. You know, even, like, I will say this, even on my, I had a, a job that I worked for in the beginning of my accounting career where a security guard passed by, and this was a security guard that I used to talk to at the front desk, hey, how's it going, laugh with him maybe a little bit, then I would go back and do my work. Well, he passes by my office one day and takes out his penis. Mm. Wow. You remember this, there, yeah, And he flashes it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, what do I do with this situation? So I worked in an environment where I told my 
um, coworker, and she had a little bit of power in the way the dynamic was set up at our at the job. And she says, "Go ahead and tell um, the lead of security." Well, come to find out, the lead of security was this guy's uncle. So when I went, and I didn't know this, right? right? I've been working for the organization, but I didn't know how deeply embedded somebody was or who got somebody the job. So I said my comment. I, I said what I had to say. I told people, but nothing really ever happened, and he kind of laughed it off. He was like, what's the big deal? You know, I just kind of flashed it's no big deal. But there was no part of it that he thought was wrong. And in addition to that, because I had laughed with him at the front desk, I think he felt kind of comfortable to do that. Right. In his mind, oh, this is okay. It's not a big deal. But, no, it's a very big deal. And, I, and, and when we talk about power dynamic, you know, in this list of men that Darren read, some of these guys pretty much knew that they were wrong, right? Yes. That's a great point. So the different type of accusations out there, the old way to the one stream is actually rape. So some of them have the decrees of rape. Other ones uh, exposing themselves. Uh, some of them uh, inviting folks over to a room, you know, hey, let's have this meeting in my room, and the person's there in a robe. Hey, can we have a massage? Can I give you a massage? Or can you come and watch me take a shower? Uh, some of them are accused of groping, uh, groping uh, the, uh, the victims there. So all different ranges of harassment, all the way to extreme to assault as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely. And so one of the things, too, that's very important is some people obviously knew they were wrong, and there's some people that are saying, wait a minute, I asked her, could I do that? Right. I, I basically saying, I asked her, can I expose myself to her? She said yes, so I thought this was consensual. Correct. Is basically how, they're, how this person is uh, recounting it back. Correct. And I want to be clear to say that we're not judging on either side. So for the people that have been, that this is alleged against, there's some of them that said, hey, I asked, I asked every woman that I did this to, and each and every one of them said yes. Right. And I don't feel like, hey, I did anything wrong. You know, it's interesting because I think it's an interesting thing to think about it from the other side. How do you know where to draw the line, right? And at what point do you feel like you've crossed the line when you have power? And I think if for most of us, I can't speak about everybody's job, but for most jobs, if someone is – they. Where I've always worked, they said no cavorting. There's a rule about it. Right. No cavorting among staff members, right? right? Like there should be no dating among staff members. You shouldn't be dating. And if there is dating allowed, you shouldn't be dating someone that's at a lower ranking than you. Correct. Like the military, the military does it very does. well. Officers don't date people at lower ranking than them. Correct. They don't keep quarters with them. They don't spend late nights with them, right, unless it's a job-related something. So that these situations of a person feeling like they were overpowered with authority Correct. to do something, because some of the women are saying, wait a minute, I might have said yes to the situation, but I didn't think there was any other option. Right, because they say, hey, you know, would you like to go out on this date? Oh, well, if I say no, that means I'm not going to get a part in the next, in the next movie. So like, they may be feeling that, even though the person in their mind asking for that or asking for to expose themselves, thinking, hey, I'm just flirting, right? And I think there's not going to be an issue. I asked the question, that person said yes, I think we we have a, a consent there, but the person is maybe saying yes under distress. Correct. And then, and then sometimes people are trained to say yes, meaning if you're talking about, there was a recount of one person saying she was 17 years old, 17, I want right. to say this out loud. The guy was maybe 30, 34. Um, she's 17. She's been taught to listen to adults and do what they tell her to do, mm, yes. right? So even in a situation where she might have been afraid or unsure and she said yes, that wasn't a clear yes for her, but she felt like she needed to say it, right? And I think it's interesting because with rape, we clearly know that no means no. Right. But with sexual misconduct, if someone takes their penis out and says, can I put 
sperm on their legs or something of that nature. Sometimes people feel like if they ask the question, the person say, says yes, that that's enough. But sometimes we have to look at the power dynamic and see what's the power, what's the insinuation of power. If someone is the boss at the very top and they ask you to do something, are they really asking you to do it or is there an order to do it? And that happens all the time, right? They say, hey, can you file this for me? You know, someone, uh, the boss asks the secretary, can you file this for me? I'm, being, I'm asking you just to be polite, but really I'm telling you, hey, I need you to go file this for me. I'm just being polite. And yes, they're going to say, yes, I'll do that for you. But really the power dynamic, I'm really saying, yes, go do this. I'm just being polite about it, okay? And it can, can cross over to the, the flirting and, and uh, wanting for sexual advancements. Right. There's also, there's also this thing where you, people sometimes can be trained into doing something, where let's say that somebody says, oh, it happened to me, you know, it happens all the time. Don't take it personal. Just kind of keep doing what you're doing, and you're going to be okay. Right. Right? So if women are telling that this is going on, or, or people, men or women, are saying that this is happening for them, and no one's out there really saying that it should not be happening for them, they may also feel like a yes is implied, like they have to say yes to that situation. Well, a number of associates, I know they talk about from the Harvey Weinstein, people in the industry know, hey, don't, get a, don't be alone with him. You know, if you get a boy, don't have a meeting in his room. So it was the rumors and stuff were out there. So maybe amongst themselves, women would say, hey, he's one to watch out for, right? Um, but somebody may say, you may want to watch, be one to watch out for, but not know necessarily how to process that. I know he's someone to watch out for, but now I'm in this individual situation. How do I process that? Really, what do I do? And how do you watch out in those situations? Right. Like, we're going to give you some pointers. Like, um, I used to model when I was much younger, and we would model in, you know, all kind of various places. Where there was one night where somebody wanted to meet in their room, and the first thing I thought was is, I don't really think I should be doing a modeling interview in a hotel room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it may be a culture where, hey, um, this superstar is going to be in his hotel. The boss is coming in for, because now we all, a lot of people work remotely, right? Yes. Let's say the boss flies in from another place. He's going to be in Chicago. Why don't you meet me downtown the hotel for dinner? Then we'll talk afterwards, have a couple of drinks. Right. In those situations, you, you, you need to be able to have a boundary between them and the other person. That's a great point. Right. Because that happened in a number of these particular cases. Um, where people talk about where they were in a hotel room and they were having a late night meeting. I guess that's probably part, it. Sounded like it's part of the culture. It didn't seem like it was that unknown. They didn't. They felt pretty comfortable enough to go there into the room. That it wasn't that uh, strange or out of the norm for that particular culture and that work environment. From either from uh, music or in a mu- mu- movies, television. Now, yeah, let's meet in my room. Let's go through the script and read through it. Things of that nature. But a lot of them seem to be, end up in those situations in a hotel room. So that's something that how to watch for and how do you process that. Absolutely. And then we also have to, you know, bravo to the women and the people that are – and I'm really proud of Terry Crews, mm-hmm. right, because yeah. I feel like men don't often feel very comfortable to tell their stories of, of sexual misconduct and abuse, what happens to them. Right. And I think both men and women have to push themselves beyond what they think is normal and actually say – you know, when these things are going on. And it's super hard because everybody has an opinion about um, should a woman, you should know not to go to somebody's hotel room. That's a very common opinion, right? But it may be culturally in that environment that that's where they do interviews. So we've got to be careful. And sexual sexual misconduct does not always only happen in, in a hotel room. It can happen any number of places. Absolutely, absolutely. I was looking at Terry Cruz went afar, and he actually charged his, uh, excuse me, the person he's accusing of with the made a police report for it. So he actually was going ahead and uh, filing a police report against the person who assaulted him, allegedly assaulted him. 
Yeah, and so and Terry Crews is quoted as saying that um, he said that that he alleges that a, that he was a victim a victim of sexual assault by a high level Hollywood executive. That's in quotes. But he did not retaliate or speak out over the incident for fear of being ostracized or sent to jail. And that's so interesting, right? Because there are all these repercussions for telling, especially when people are telling one by one. There's all of these repercussions for telling. And he's talking about, hey, if, if I were to attack this guy, there's a chance that, that he could go to jail, right? And, or if he retaliates against this guy, then he could be fired from what he's doing. And, and those things are really important. And that's where the power dynamic comes in, that when someone has a position of power and they're aware of it, right, then sometimes it can be misused. And it sounds like in these incidences that there was a, mis, a gross misuse of power. Yes. And then when we look at people who have face recognition, um, like a Matt Lauer or a Charlie Rose, all of these people are very well known, and they've been on the news for years. Like I, heard, I had people that were very upset about Charlie Rose. Like they were saying, not Charlie Rose, not Matt Lauer, not Russell Simmons. Like you can't necessarily look at a person and tell whether or not they will gray an area and whether or not they are a person that could be a part of something of this nature. That's a great point. I know a lot of, I heard some people who are, say, uh, coworkers with folks who are being accused said they didn't ever have those experiences with them, and it was hard for them to process this information. One, they had a friendship, very close friendship with some of the people who are being accused, but I also know they acknowledge that this behavior is totally unacceptable. How do I process this? Well, my good friend who I care for and love who never had a problem with me, okay, I found out now that they're being uh, accused of sexual assault. They admit to doing it as well. How I process that in my mind. And people were literally struggling with that. Several people I know commented about that. Like, you know, I've worked with this person for 20 years, never had a problem, but I, I totally am, I can't condone what they've done. So how do I process this? And they're, they're really working through it, literally. It's a very challenging situation there. And it is possible for a person to be an overall decent person but still have lapses in judgment in particular areas, yeah, right? Yeah, so, you know, it's possible that they had good boundaries with one or two people and didn't have good boundaries with other people, and that's a problem, yeah. right? But it's also true that we have to be clear with one another when things are going over a boundary that we don't want. So. You know, if you ever find yourself in these situations, and I hope that you do not, I, I want to be very clear that speaking out gives you power. There will, there are repercussions, and I cannot promise you, you know, that what will happen on your job for coming out about these types of things, but telling gives you a little bit more space to feel safe, right, because now it's out there that something has happened. And I also feel like you have to you know, sometimes we have to buck against the crowd, and I think we do have a, a culture, a rape culture in our society right now, right? And there's a lot of mixed messages going out there. Right now what's really big in music is talking about um, sex obstacles and, or sex conquest and how big somebody's backside is or how wet somebody gets. So that's one dynamic, and we're telling women that it's your body, you can do what you want. But at the same time, we're telling other people that just because someone shows you has a beautiful body doesn't mean you you have the right to touch it. So there's all of these um, mixed messages that are going out yes. out there. But ultimately, I want you guys to know that it's never okay to push somebody into doing something that they don't want to do. Yes, correct. And if you have a, a power position, 
to go to someone and ask them about showing them sex acts or touching yourself or having them touch you, that's always, always err on the side of not doing that. Because, because like you said, like you mentioned or like we talked about earlier, you know, because they may say yes in the moment, but it's a reluctant yes. So they're not really meaning yes. And how do you necessarily, you don't necessarily know that until maybe 20, 10 years, 15 years later, that person says, you know, I really didn't really, I really didn't want to say yes to you when you asked that. So there is a, it can be a very complicated situation. And as the, person, as the person with power, you have to be more in control of yourself yes. because you have to know that your power represents with it some intimidation, Yes. some that is overt and some that's implicitly implied. I mean, it's an implicit thing. Like, you are the boss, you have the power. Right. So you have to be very careful not to enter into situations where there can be an abuse of power, and you have to control what that looks like. And it may be a situation, you know what, I really, I would like to maybe start a relationship with this person, but because of the current dynamic, I'm not going to do it. So I guess what, I'm going to wait. It's not the right time because of the dynamic we're in. You know, maybe two years later, okay, we're in a different dynamic, you know, they're not under my authority. And be clear, we're talking about if someone's appropriately trying to date somebody, maybe two years down the road. Yeah. But there's never an okay time. You can't, like, there's, it's not okay to assault somebody today or two years from now. Yeah, right, absolutely. Just be clear about that, yes. You know, yeah. so, you know, I think as people that have power, we just have to be or you have to be more careful about your domain and what authority you throw around. And if you can affect someone's life long term, then that's probably not you, you really want to be dating people that are equal to you in some way. And like you mentioned, a lot of, a lot of jobs do that. So, you know what, don't dating, don't have any uh, relationship with coworkers because it's too complicated, right? It's too complicated. You know what? Go somewhere else. Don't do that here at the workplace and, and say work because it can be very complicated. Correct. Okay. And then you also never know somebody's past, right? Like you have to be very clear what your intentions are with people because you have no idea of what they've been through before. Some of these people that had issues of assault here have had those in the past before. That's a great point, yes. And so you don't know that what you're asking about could trigger something that happened years ago, but but people, you know, have histories that they don't always tell each other. And we go back to Terry Crews. He mentioned with all the stuff with the Harvey Weinstein came out, he was actually having uh, issues with sleep uh, and stress going on, PTSD because of it. He got triggered what he what he had previously experienced. So, like you mentioned, when when these folks are getting can be getting sexually harassed, it can trigger experiences from the past. And really, they have a hard time dealing with that. Absolutely. and things of that nature from past experiences. Absolutely. And then, I mean, I think the other thing is, you know, I know we live in an environment now where people are saying that, you know, we should all be treated equal at work and there shouldn't be a power dynamic, but there always is a power dynamic, always. right? Even in a not-for-profit, very informal organization, there's always going to be a power dynamic, and you have to remember that. I think the other thing to think about is that people have, you may perceive yourself as being a smooth operator and this isn't a bad thing, but, like, for example, they mentioned that um, one of the guys gave somebody a, a sex toy as a gift, right? right. I mean, so, and, and I have heard of companies where there's gag gifts being given out for different holidays, yeah, right? Sure. So that may sound really funny, right? But it's not so funny when someone feels abused by it. Right. So, I mean, I think we all need to be erring on the side of safety and not on the side of, oh, that's funny, oh, that's laughs, oh, let's be free-spirited, because I really, you just really don't know what's happening in somebody else's head. I think you hit it right there. Err on the side of safety. If you don't know, 
and you know, if it's, any, if it's questionable, just, just don't do it. Correct. Just don't do it because it, it, it's not worth it. You know, you really don't know what the situation is. You know what? I'm going to take the, the safe road and not even go down that path. Correct. And I think for people that survive this, it's an all possible, always tell. Keeping the secret gives the other person power. It takes away your voice. I mean, Terry Crews mentioned that he was, had, was having nightmares. He couldn't mm-hmm. sleep at night. He was, you know, feeling some kind of way about all of this. Right. And all the other people coming out gave him the power to come out, right? Right. So now is the time that maybe we can teach people that it's never okay to be sexually inappropriate with another person. That, you know, there's power dynamic there. There's fear involved there. And you have to be very clear that somebody is really willing to participate in whatever these things may be with you. I really do feel like a lot of the folks got strength from one another who were bringing up these accusations when they felt someone else took a step and made that accusation against a powerful figure like a Harvey Weinstein and said, you know what, if they can do it, I can do it too. If they can tell their story, I can tell my story too. And it kind of kept going from there and building on and encouraging one another to say, you know what, I can't tell my story. No matter who it is, I can't bring this forward. Absolutely. And I feel like there is definitely power in numbers, right? Oh, yeah. And I, do, I think another thing that we have to be careful of is many times people are judging some of the folks that have been involved in the allegations and things like, well, wait a minute, she always plays sex roles or she does this, she does mm-hmm. that. How can she be feeling this way? Well, that's the job, right? Right, right. But her reality may be something different than television is a fantasy. Even reality TV is not reality. So I want us to be better to one another. I want us, and we can't throw away people, right? So Harvey Weinstein did this. He can't be thrown away. He should definitely be given help. So I, I really applaud Ashley Judd for saying, hey, wait a minute. Hopefully there's hope for somebody. 